0: You're listening to Once, Episode 309, The Garden of Forking Paths. Welcome back to another episode of Once, the unofficial podcast for ABC's TV show, Once Upon a Time. I'm Daniel J. Lewis. I'm
1: Jeremy Laughlin.
2: I'm Aaron.
0: And we're ready to talk about the Garden of Forking Paths, this time without a 45-minute introduction.
1: (laughs) I mean, I'm ready to talk about the episode that went by that bizarro title, which is really the garden of all kinds of things, but no forking paths.
0: Are you thinking poisonous trees? yes are you thinking planet of the apes
1: this title corresponds to the fruit of the poisonous tree or whatever that weird title that made no sense except that they didn't even say the phrase they worked it into the episode back then but they didn't work this phrase in at all
0: yeah there's some kind of pop culture reference to this those who know it know exactly what it is those who don't sorry i can't bring that to you but it will probably be in the comments over at onespodcast.com slash 309 it's about some play i think it was i i didn't Actually, I copy that to my notes, really? yeah, there's some actual connection. No.
1: We don't do initial reactions anymore, so I want to know what you guys thought of this episode as a whole. <laughs> That's not a pun with a hole in the garden,
2: <laughs> which is where
1: the forking paths actually were
0: <laughs> i i'm I'm kind of in the middle of the forking paths on oh, this one. Well you're
1: gonna have to pick
0: I well, no oh, because okay. you and Aaron can be the polar opposites this time, and I'll be the one in the middle, maybe. Oh, okay. But I feel this episode had some interesting things and some meh kind of things. I mean, a decent episode. One thing I'll say, though, is I'm really getting to see Dania Ramirez, who plays Cinderella. Her acting abilities are fantastic. Her ability to express emotion and look so genuinely feeling whatever that emotion is. She does that really well. She's doing a fantastic job playing as Cinderella slash Drizella.
1: Nope. (laughs) Jacinda. (laughs) Cinder. And again. Man, she really is good. She's also Drizella. That's fantastic.
0: No, really, this is a segue into my theory that they are both because... You know, we didn't see both, either of them. And I mean, never mind. Anyway, it's
1: happening. <laughs> a, very,
0: <laughs> a very bad way to cover up that I keep saying Drizella.
1: That's awesome. It's
0: even in my notes. Maybe you should just assume whenever I say Drizella, I actually mean Jacinda. I
1: think that could get really messy. <laughs>
0: yeah. But speaking of messy, Aaron, what do you think of this episode?
1: <laughs> Wait a minute. Did you just insult Aaron?
0: No, I insulted the episode.
1: <laughs> oh, okay actually
2: um, okay
0: let me take that back
2: did you want to just re your phrase
0: last episode last episode was messy this episode not so messy
1: last episode, so i can't messy? really say
0: speaking of messy what did you think of this episode um. because last episode remember was the one when we discovered that it was uh wish hook all this time wish yeah yes which yes. by the way the the fans that have emailed us like Patty Melanie uh, Keeper of Squid Ink Amy from Los Angeles and uh, that's amazing others <laughs> have all been basically voicing the same thing is it's hard to get on board with this new series the spinoff otherwise known as season seven is taking them in directions that. They don't really want to go in directions they didn't expect in, like, not positive ways. They
1: don't want to go? Are The fans?
0: Yeah, the fans. Or at least several of them who have contacted us. Now, some of them, though, like Keeper of Squid Ink, said that she basically still watches the show because she wants to listen to the podcast. And uh, (laughs) Keeper of Squid Ink, by the way, she couldn't understand all our jokes about Squid Ink. So she went back several seasons to listen to the podcast to understand.
1: That's awesome. (laughs) Yeah, that's... I mean, I never wanted to hear Squid Ink again, but it was very fun that every time Squid Ink came up, I got sympathetic tweets trying to (laughs) soothe my nerves.
0: It's Jeremy's own hashtag. But, Aaron, what did you think of this episode?
2: I don't know that Jeremy and I are going to be polar opposites. We might be on the same extreme side, but I... I mean, I didn't hate it. I loved some things about it. I think that i am maybe expecting more now because the show's been given this like huge opportunity to basically start from scratch like they're making things up as they go along clearly making it work and they just seem to be recycling storylines that i'm kind of like tired of hearing like they're they're doing it with lady tremaine and the raising from the dead and they're doing it with um (laughs) i can't another example (laughs) with like lucy and henry and it's just all the same stuff and it just seems like they're kind of trying to fast track it they're giving us a lot more information i think than they did in season one of once proper and so like yeah the episode was okay i didn't not enjoy it i wasn't screaming at my tv or super emotional or it wasn't invoking (laughs) that in me either and then I start like, I literally started thinking of the shows that I've watched that have gone seven seasons, and I'm like, did season seven suck on any of these shows? Is it just, because it's pretty common that season three is a little bit annoying, like that just seems to be a pattern, but no, it they, it didn't suck in any of my other shows, so I don't know. I don't know what they're going to do, um, but there are things that were revealed that I am looking forward to to seeing the storyline play out of, so... I might have just contradicted myself. I might be both extremes, actually. That's awesome.
0: (laughs) And then Jeremy, throwing it back to you, what did you think?
1: Uh, Well, I'm enjoying listening to Erin have this conversation with (laughs) herself about whether she liked it or not. No. um...
0: So Erin is Drizella and Jacinda.
1: Yes. Yes. (laughs) And not a mess at all. When she talks about
0: raising the price – on herself, just outside of her paycheck, then we'll know it's true. <laughs> mm.
1: Wow. I liked it. I just did. So, I don't know if I'm an extreme. I didn't... Yeah, there were moments that were like, uh, but, so. And this is a bad scale to rate an episode on of a show that you enjoy and do a podcast about. But we got to the end, and at no time that I can think of during the episode did I go... Oh come on, or or realize I needed to furiously jot down a note because I needed to start a rant or object to something. We got it was a pretty clean storyline. Uh, yeah, I will give it that for sure. There were I wasn't confused. There was even a little bit of timeline tie-in in the flashbacks, um, namely the moment when Henry shows up with regina and wish hook we know what they've been doing from the last episode we know what was happening parallel to what we were watching cinderella do in the past so they may not have named the exact time but there was tie-in it kind of dovetailed it wasn't it was at, like it was planned you know? <laughs> Imagine that. um yeah so overall i thought it was pretty good
2: that is all true everything jeremy just said <laughs>
1: And uh, honestly, I thought um, the characters are starting to gel a little bit. They weren't, at first, working super well for me.
0: And speaking of characters, one of those characters that seemed like just a side character until this episode, and I like it when they surprise us like that, Tiana.
1: Okay, yeah. That, um, I need to put on, I am wearing a hat, but it's I need to switch it out for my dunce cap. <laughs> I was wondering just before this episode, who her roommate who Jacinda's roommate was in the another room. And then I now, of course, realized we already had seen her. Yeah, and
0: I didn't realize <laughs> that either. Or, yeah, same thing. She was the one who said no to the frog
1: legs. Yeah. And people the ball. were going, oh Tiana. And I was like, yeah, okay, come on, calm down, you spoiled people. Let's just let's just hold off on that. But I didn't realize we'd already that we'd seen her more than just that one moment
0: (laughs) well i think jenny even when we were watching it she said oh that must be tiana because she's caught the oh frog legs and she's like i suppose
1: that wasn't terribly subtle but
0: (laughs) frog princess yeah it makes sense that she wouldn't want to eat the frog legs
2: except
1: that i never saw that movie so
0: it's one of disney's weirdest ones in case you're wondering
2: (laughs) i've only seen it once and i don't plan on watching it again well now you don't have to yeah
1: we've got this tiana
0: So if I understand this correctly, she's the leader of the resistance, that their purpose is to overthrow both the royal family and Lady Tremaine. Is that correct? Well, that's what she said.
1: I don't know. (laughs) You know, there are little – there are weak points, I guess I would say, in the plot so far. They're not so much contradictions because there's nothing in the past of these realms to contradict with. And they're not contradictions, but they are weak. It's like, okay, overthrow her from what?
0: Well, I think it's basically Tiana is this world's Snow White in that she's wanting to overthrow this evil ruler. Although how much influence Lady Tremaine has in this realm, That's clearly she's someone of prominence. But I'm not so sure... Well,
1: see, I don't know if that is clear.
0: Well, clear in that they have a really nice big fancy house and their own fairy godmother until she murdered him, (laughs) her.
2: Did we see a big fancy
1: house? Yeah. With a big gate. I felt like we didn't. Okay.
2: At first, Tiana made it sound like the prince and Lady Tremaine were on the same side and that maybe perhaps the prince was under her rule somehow. And then... To me, that just didn't make sense because other, if that was the case, then she would have just said, hey, Prince, marry my daughter Drizella, which is clearly what she wanted at the ball or what we were led to believe she wanted. And then later, they made it sound like the prince was framed for killing the father, but, but did he really kill the father Or did Lady Tremaine just make it seem like he did and she really killed him? Like, did she orchestrate it or did she actually Well, they said she planned it, it,
1: so I assume they were working together. Well, if she planned it,
0: maybe one way she planned it is that she got the prince to do the killing, and then she's wanting to tie up loose ends by then killing off the prince so that it can't get tied back to her. Because then here's Cinderella— who kills the prince? And Cinderella's motivation seems clear. And none of this then connects it back to Lady Tremaine. It's, this is how it goes in the crime world. You, know, you shoot the guy who <laughs> shoots the guy you who shoots the guy who shoots the guy. It's a oh, like telephone, but with guns. That, no, oh goodness! Or magic wands in this case.
2: But wait, did we see the prince in current day today?
0: In no, this I thought maybe that was Michael, the commissioner
2: okay
1: but no it's not him he
2: real dead
1: you guys like that's not happening
2: oh yeah sorry (laughs) i literally just forgot major plot points from like two episodes ago (laughs) that's awesome
1: you know what i forgot that too (laughs) how do you forget a thing like i'm
2: back to watching twice
1: it was so stabby
2: you can't forget that's I'm back to watching the episodes twice, so I have no excuse for having forgotten that. That's awesome.
0: But it's... Tiana being there means we can't go with this new ship of Wish Hook and Regina. Because Tiana and Hook seem to have a oh, thing Oh, wasn't for
1: that each other. a cozy little scene? They were all arranged. <laughs> it was like the two couples with their matron at the center. <laughs> <laughs>
2: I just loved his comment. My hook's sharp. (laughs) I'm ready to go. I know.
1: There were some good lines in this.
2: I'm curious to know what you guys thought of Tiana's reaction to finding out Regina had magic. Because at first it seemed like she was not cool with it when they were alluding to it. And then when she flat out asked her, like, do you have magic? You can help us defeat Lady Tremaine. She seemed very positive about the idea.
1: Here's what I'm going to say about that scene. Somebody dropped the ball in the area of the director during that scene. Like, nobody was watching Tiana at all. Like, her her facial expressions were totally wrong, I felt, <laughs> while everybody else was talking. And then the moment she opened her mouth, she was fine. It was like nobody gave her the right motivation. Because <laughs> she's, like, looking super skeptical. Like, she's about to say, no, you're the evil queen and i don't know it was i was i was nervous and then all of a sudden she's just like you can help us oh you
0: know i was expecting i was expecting the evil queen comment too
1: but it's another realm
0: but yeah and and apparently in this another realm which in many we can just call it the new enchanted forest or the nef if we want (laughs) that's what many people most of the fans are calling it actually is the new enchanted forest but in the new enchanted forest it seems like regina is not known at all henry not known emma maybe even have they even referred to the savior at all from this realm? Mm -mm. so this is like not only alternate reality enchanted forest but it's alternate fairy tale existence like a parallel universe of separate galaxies it's not simply another realm that you get to from the enchanted forest
2: but Lady Tremaine found out who Henry was and knows his story now. Oh,
1: because she did a little digging. Oh. That was one of the weak points. And I was just like, well, where did you dig? I'm going to need more. She
0: dug
2: he in a flower known... bed somewhere
0: and discovered it.
2: <laughs> he was known as the heart of the truest believer in Neverland, wasn't he?
0: Yeah. But then that was Peter Pan who appears or appeared to be able to see and know all
1: things. I'm hoping huh. that Tremaine has a really interesting backstory that includes realm jumping of some kind because she knows people she shouldn't she knows things she shouldn't Hmm. and she i'm okay wait this is a pretty safe (laughs) prediction it's once upon a time she's way older than she looks probably she's probably hundreds of years old could be (laughs) through one way or another
0: (laughs) and we do have some really good theories on who she might be at the end of this episode, we'll we'll save those for judge near of the end. Whether
1: they're good theories, <laughs> but
0: speaking of backstory, uh, you think there's anything to Jeremiah? My backstory? Not not Jeremy, <laughs> but Jeremiah.
1: I know it's not even short who, for Jeremiah. I don't even know. By
0: the way, if if being the truest believer of the cause doesn't work out so well, well for that him, dude? yeah, he could go into a great career of voiceover work.
2: Because he didn't say anything in this no, entire No, the episode? little bit
0: that he said, just he has a nice set of pipes, as they say in the <laughs> okay. industry. He could do some voiceover work really nicely.
1: He's the cobbler, right? Yes. Yes. Okay.
2: <laughs> I was wondering if he was significant, just because they did the tie back at the end, but before that, I was wondering if he was significant. So we may find that we never see him again, and it was just because she was going to take his heart instead, but... I did look up, there is a fairy tale called The Elves and the Shoemaker, which is just about a guy who needed money and he started making shoes and then the elves helped him basically. But it doesn't seem like it's a very significant tale. So
1: it's a fairy tale about entrepreneurship?
2: Um, it kind of reminds me of Rumpelstiltskin actually, when the princess kind of made Rumpelstiltskin make, spin the straw into gold for her because she wasn't able to do it. Or make, made a deal, because that's kind of what happened in this, is he, like, the elves were actually the people making the shoes, not him. And then he was selling it and getting more money so that he could pay his bills and then make more shoes and more shoes and keep selling them.
0: Hmm. Who knows? Yeah, probably none of that will be pulled in, <laughs> unless it's one of those things that they just thought, hey, let's pull in Jack Spratt kind of level of detail. Yeah.
2: And, like, clearly the clothes horse doesn't make boots, so she needed to find boots somewhere, and so he's a cobbler.
0: Well, the clothes horse is apparently
1: only in Wonderland. That's
2: true. (laughs) Oh, it's the gas horse in in this land.
1: Except that could be what Alice rides from realm to realm.
0: (laughs) That's true. She is often very (laughs) elegantly dressed.
1: She is. Lady
0: Tremaine, the opposite of elegance. Well, I mean, she's elegant in her own evil way.
1: <laughs> she's elegant on the outside and elegantly evil on the inside. Yeah, she's something she mean. like that.
0: Mean. So, a couple things we learned about her in this episode. One is that she's been accruing magical items. So, she doesn't have magic herself, but it seems like she's been going on this campaign to get a bunch of them. And the fairy godmother's wand was yet one of those things. And I'm kind of hoping that, okay, for the sake of story, again, remember that whole the rant I went on or the introduction to my rant last time? For the sake of story, I like it when a villain is a villain. They're not simply misguided or, you know, I'm doing all of this just to save my daughter, just to save my son, something like that. Right. And I kind of get the feeling that that's the case with Lady Tremaine is that she seems so villainous by digging up the community garden and other things that she's simply misunderstood. All she's doing is she just wants to get her daughter back.
1: Well, I so I'm kind of torn there because I would say... Some of their villains have been just misunderstood or misguided. But I think it would be pretty safe to say Regina was the evil queen. She had a tragedy. Mm -hmm. She didn't handle it very well, (laughs) to say the least. And she went full out evil queen. And Lady Tremaine is pretty much that. I don't know if her atrocities are quite on evil queen level, but she's trying to destroy a little girl's life to save her daughter, which... You know. <laughs> yeah. Clearly she's uh at least misguided, but it's pretty evil.
0: And Lady Tremaine seems to blame Cinderella for whatever happened, which we'll learn at some point whatever happened to Frederick, I mean whatever happened to the sister. I'm not going to even try to say. Yes, Anastasia, that's right. It wasn't one of the Zinzas.
1: <laughs> and no, it's not Anastasia from Once Upon a Time in Wonderland <laughs> yeah. because she died when she was 14.
2: Right. But are you getting any deja vu about trying to raise an Anastasia who was a stepsister to Cinderella from the dead? Because that happened in Once Wonderland. I (laughs) think literally
1: believe that nobody watched that. And it's kind of ticking me off. It's like, no, we actually did. Your most loyal fans who are still around for season seven watched that show. Well, do remember,
0: (laughs) talking about the Anastasia from Once Upon a Time in Wonderland, Mm -hmm. we never actually knew that she was Lady Tremaine's stepdaughter. Right. We only knew that she had some sisters, but
1: it's the threads of plot. It's having Alice around. It's having an Anastasia. It's trying to raise an Anastasia, although notice that she still has one breath left in her. So she didn't quite die. So they can get around the having to break the rules of magic thing. That, yes, they're bringing her back, but she's only mostly dead.
0: Yeah. They've been waking her up every Christmas for several years <laughs> to celebrate Christmas obscure. with her. Until <laughs> no. now, she has only one breath left.
1: Oh my gosh, that's really obscure. Hashtag yeah. Doctor Who. Yeah, maybe my one of my favorite episodes. <laughs> Definitely my favorite Christmas special.
2: <laughs> this is one of those storylines that I just felt like we've kind of been there, done that. Like, first of all, the whole grown woman blaming child for tragedy Mm -hmm. it's no like is is cinderella gonna have to say i was 10 at some point (laughs) running at her in a fury well but she Um, does blame
1: herself at least she has been
2: i'm sure she does but people blame themselves when they're kids for things that aren't actually their fault right and then the whole bringing someone back from the dead and like Regina brought Daniel with her for the first curse and tried to raise him from the dead. And then I about that. once Wonderland had the whole raising from the dead, like that, they've just kind of been there, done that. Plus they're breaking rules that they established in season one, but that see, you can't raise people from the mostly dead. Yeah. Mostly but she's,
0: dead. yeah, she's mostly dead. <laughs> so what's going to happen is that she will be saved from this certain death. And then the fury comes. Oh, my gosh. Oh, sorry. We're still supposed to forget about that.
1: Yeah, nobody watched that season. (laughs) I'm just kidding. So, yeah. Well, okay. So, I thought it was a pretty cool twist. I liked the scene. I particularly liked the scene when Cinderella got to Lady Tremaine's... I guess I was thinking castle. Maybe it's... Is that the nice house that you're talking about?
0: It it was a little bit hard to tell, but it's definitely some kind of nice estate because the house was very far away from the gate and the gate was a nice fancy gate.
1: Yeah, that's why when I build a house, no matter how big or small it is, I'm going to build it very, very far from the road so that it looks like a very nice estate. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) But I thought it was a cool twist to... Have there be actually a reason that Lady Tremaine wants revenge on Cinderella. She's not just this horrible woman.
2: Not only.
1: She is a horrible woman. But she's not only a horrible (laughs) woman. Uh, But here's the thing. I liked the intrigue of Cinderella saying unexpectedly, after what or will I ever have paid enough for what I did? And you go, oh, what did you do? But they sort of gave it away in the same episode. By saying that she was, quote, responsible for Anastasia's death. But also, the thing is, the last time we heard someone saying over and over what I did, what I did, I think it was Jasmine, wasn't it? Or, am I, or, or do they actually do this a lot? And I'm thinking of someone else.
0: I think they've used it a few
1: times. And it ended up, I know, that at least once. They've built it up. I, I think this was Jasmine's story. They made it sound like, oh, after what I did. And then you're like, really? That's what you did? What's the big deal? Like you actually well, did, did the right thing.
2: <laughs> they did that with Emma, too, with the whole um, greatest potential for darkness. And then she had to kill yeah. Cruella to save Henry.
1: True. But that wasn't a mystery. We knew what the words what I did meant.
2: Oh, yes. Yeah, sorry. Well, in, in this case,
0: we'll certainly find out. Because this is the kind of story they have to tell us of what actually happened right? and how is Cinderella responsible. And I think part of that, like you're saying, is discovering, did Cinderella actually do something? Is she actually responsible or is she blaming herself?
1: I'll bet it'll turn out Lady Tremaine reacted to something and tried to kill somebody and ended up killing anastasia and it was yes she was angry because of cinderella but she's probably still the one who did so
0: she aimed at cinderella and cinderella did one of her ducks like she did when the guy with the sword was after her and then lady tremaine hit anastasia somehow
1: that sounds really violent and gross
2: Or it's just a situation of something happened and Cinderella felt like she should have saved her and and couldn't because she was a child or something. Anastasia
1: was probably on a runaway horse and Cinderella (laughs) chickened out and didn't go rescue her.
2: (laughs) Yes,
0: exactly. Uh, Jumping uh, with the same character to Victoria Belfry then in Hyperion Heights. Uh, Do you think she's awake?
2: She's definitely awake.
0: She Definitely. called.
2: She referred to Cinderella in the last scene as Cinderella. Oh, that's right. And she referred to Lucy as Henry's oh. daughter.
1: Oh, 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 oh! Yeah. And there was all the yeah. You're right. Actually, all the brought her over. Blah blah blah. Found. P. her. Yes, it yeah. took
2: me till the second watch to like comprehend that
1: a normal person wouldn't under, <laughs> wouldn't think to look for her mostly dead daughter under a city park. You're right. That's
2: <laughs> true. Also, it
0: does make me wonder. Has all of this stuff about building developments and buying property and things, has this all been just because she wanted to dig under them in order to find the coffin? Is that why she's been trying to redevelop Hyperion Heights so much?
1: It could be, but I think that points to the possibility that there's something weird about this curse. Like it still, she might be awake, but it's not hers.
0: Right. And we'll certainly come back to that, probably. Because there's
1: a lot of stuff that's really inconvenient for her, for this being her curse. Mm -hmm. And
0: uh, she does seem to have this, this MO of taking people's homes away from them and taking them away from their homes. Because it seemed like that's what she threatened to do back in the new enchanted forest and that's certainly what she's wanting to do here in hyperion heights she's
1: trying to give them cages instead (laughs) yes it all comes back around to season one
0: remember you're building a cage not a home
2: (laughs) a home not a cage
0: no i said it the way i meant it
1: (laughs) so her condos should just be called the cage
2: yes
0: (laughs) belfry's cage
1: i I love that Belfry has a Belfry. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> There's an old bat in it. Wait, what?
0: Oh, well, well, let's guess who that old bat is. Not really.
1: But She's actually kind of interesting.
0: Talking about all the building stuff, the building commissioner, uh, Michael, on the little form that Hook printed out, since in TV they have to print everything out. Although, Victoria See, had a tablet.
1: Is it normal that I kind of want to hit that dude in the face? like that's not a normal re- reaction for me but i like, just now realized when you mention him that i really want to hit him
0: i think it's just his face looks like it's a little too <laughs> smug of a face
1: but figured have one of the better lines in this episode though.
0: abc was smart about something so on that page that printed out everything on that page seems totally legit even though it was only on the screen for a second that little bio page that hook printed out yeah and it was from the website, Hyperion Heights Building Commission oh. And I thought, Oh, I wonder if there's anything actually there. So there wasn't. And then I thought, Oh, I'll squat the domain and point it to oncepodcast com, you know, as as you do. But <laughs> Good job, ABC. They registered the domain back in July this year. Oh, it doesn't go anywhere, but it is registered to ABC.
1: How sad that it doesn't <laughs> go anywhere.
0: So there go your hopes of creating a new website over at Hyperion Heights Building dot com. I just wish they had done it. That would have been fun. Yeah,
2: <laughs> because they made the th- the three fake web pages that she showed to Jacinda. Right.
0: <laughs> One other thing about Victoria is. Her M.O. really is about getting Anastasia back from the dead or back from the almost dead, saving her from a certain death.
1: Her motivation, you mean?
0: Yeah. Or whatever people like to pretend M.O. stands for. (laughs) It seems like this curse, if, well, I think she's involved in casting this curse. If not the one who did it, she was somehow a partner in it. And we'll dig more into that in a moment. Now
1: that is M.O. because that's what she does. She borrows magic. She doesn't really have it.
0: Yeah. And I think that the whole purpose of this curse was really to bring Henry so that she could take Henry's heart. But then again, in the tower, it seems like more her purpose is to get Lucy to destroy everything she believes in. But at the same time, it seems like...
1: yeah, so they're yeah. they're already shifting the rules on that a little bit because all of a sudden now they don't need a heart. by the In the same episode, now they don't need a heart. They just somehow have to get Lucy to give up her belief.
0: Well, I do like, speaking of the heart, I do like that they reinforced back from season three that Henry's heart is protected.
1: Right. And so, although he
0: has the heart of the truest believer, it can't be taken. And that means that Regina in the New Enchanted Forest did something to also protect Lucy's heart because they referenced that Lucy's heart is still protected.
1: Right. Now, I don't know how they knew that.
0: Something that happened in the New
1: Enchanted Forest.
0: Yeah. So, So, wait,
2: remind me, had Regina put that spell on Henry so his heart was protected?
0: Yeah, back in season three.
2: Okay. Because Emma's heart is also protected. It could just be genetic.
1: (laughs) Well, Emma, yeah, Emma was special. Henry was different special because his heart actually did get taken. But then they just did the protection to make sure it couldn't happen again, right, which you know, if that was a thing that was as rampant a problem as it was for those people, and I had the ability to put that protection on permanently, I think I'd just sort of do that to everybody that I cared about
0: Hyperion Wait. heights heart protection service dot com that's jeremy's <laughs> new website
2: if Lady Tremaine now in present day knows that Henry's heart is protected. I believe that might indicate that she, at some point, tried to take it. Mm -hmm. I know. She's a creep. Foreshadowing in the future.
1: (laughs) Foreshadowing in the future. (laughs) Yeah. If Ella then, though, had tried to take Henry's heart, it wouldn't have worked. Right. If they were consistent. That that was, sadly, that was a standout thing to me. They didn't over-explain. They didn't once explain. (laughs) To borrow modern phraseology, Tremaine enchanted her glove or her hand or whatever, but they never said why. And then Regina undid it. And people who have been watching knew what that was about, but they didn't uh,
2: they didn't, you know, go crazy
1: with it.
0: That's true. That that did show nice respect of the audience.
2: Yeah,
1: I loved that.
2: (laughs) There's going to be a deleted scene that over explains that.
0: (laughs) 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 Yeah. There, now your glove is enchanted, so it can take a heart, but only one heart, and use it on
1: Henry. (laughs) (laughs) Whatever you do, don't whisper Cora. (laughs) (laughs) (laughs)
2: Cora. One thing I wanted to add about Lady Tremaine, just while we're talking about her and the curse and her involvement, and whether she just wanted revenge or, like, whether she really just wants her daughter back, is, like, I think even with Rumpelstiltskin, he orchestrated the whole curse to find Bay. And then even after we found Bay, he's still evil, like evil had still like seduced him to be evil. And so I think that once you have once you're getting power from, from, you know, taking advantage of people and buying people out and having a lot of money, I think that it's Even if she gets Anastasia back, I don't think that's going to be enough for her. Because that's like whatever the villain is after at the beginning, that's never enough for them by the end of the story.
0: So it kind of makes me wonder if they do resurrect, save from her final last breath or whatever they need to do with Anastasia. What's next for Lady Tremaine slash Victoria Belfry?
1: Yeah, then she's got Anastasia back to be mother of the year, too cool (laughs)
0: yeah (laughs) because like with rumple well
1: gets a new assistant
0: with with rumple at the end of season one a lot of stuff happened the main thing of season one was breaking the curse at the end of season one and then we moved on from there i feel like this curse in hyperion heights is not going to go on for the entire season they're probably going to break it early and it's probably going to be very similar to this.
2: I thought it would take weeks and weeks of <laughs> battles and twists and turns. And there you go doing it day one.
0: Maybe not day one, but I do anticipate that this curse will probably be broken very quickly. Interesting, And that will allow the story to move on to better things so that we're not so much season one all over again, which already there are so many things that are Season one, remixed, rebooted, installed yeah. in a new operating system called Hyperion Heights 2.0. The mines. Yeah. Basically. And, and now we get this. So I'm really certain. Well, I'd like to think that because the writers are smart, they're talented, that they're probably reusing many of these elements. And then they're going to take a big, sharp turn very soon so that this curse would be broken.
2: Hmm. Do you think it's going to be broken before the mid-season finale?
0: The mid-season finale might be the breaking of the curse and then the repercussions of that. And speaking of taking a sudden turn, if you've had plans for what you're doing on November 3rd through the 5th, I think you need to take a sudden turn and go a different direction. And that is to (gasps) Burbank, California, to Creation Entertainment's Once Upon a Time convention. Creation Entertainment is our sponsor of this episode. We're very happy to have them. They just finished the Whippany New Jersey Convention, and we haven't received any photos yet, but we're recording this, I think, the day after the Whippany, New Jersey Convention. So I know some of our listeners were at there, uh, hashtag O-U-A-T-N-J. And we'd love to see some of the photos from there. Maybe you got some uh, voice calls or voice recordings or anything like that. Please send those to us. We have our contact information and a way that you can upload files over at oncepodcast.com slash contact. And we'd love for you to check out creationent.com to register for the upcoming Once Upon a Time convention in Burbank, California. So these Once Upon a Time conventions are a whole lot of fun. You don't have to try and camp out overnight hoping maybe you'll make it into one of the rooms that you thought you might have access to. No, when you buy a ticket from a Creation Entertainment convention, you get access to everything you paid for. You are guaranteed a seat for the sessions, for the events that you signed up for. So for this upcoming event in Burbank, California, here are the cast members and characters who will be there. Lana Peria, who plays Regina. Jennifer Morrison. Hey, if you miss Jennifer and you want to congratulate Emma on her upcoming baby, even though it's not Jennifer Morrison's baby, then you can go see Jennifer Morrison there. <laughs> also, Rebecca Mader, who's Zelina. Uh, Colin O'Donoghue will be there, who is Captain Killian Hook-Jones. Emily DeRaven who plays bell will be there Lee Ehrenberg known as Leroy and grumpy Gil McKinney that's Prince Eric Beverly Elliott who is granny Chris Gothier who plays uh, Smee Michael Coleman who plays happy and Raphael Sabarge who plays Jiminy Cricket will all be there at the Burbank California event that's November 3rd through the 5th we'd love for you to go and send us some photos that's this coming weekend or it's coming very soon So make sure you make your plans to attend if you haven't already made those plans yet. And send us your feedback. Tell us your highlights. Tell us what you loved seeing. Send us your photos, your funny sound clips or videos or anything like that. Let us know how wonderful it was an event to go to because we're planning to go to the one in Chicago. I'm not sure how many of our staff will be able to be there, but in Chicago in 2018, we will be at the Once Upon a Time convention. And we hope you will, too, join one of these Next one is November 3rd through the 5th in Burbank, California. Go to creationent.com to learn more information, register, and sign up and plan to be there. That's creationent.com. And thank you, Creation Entertainment, for your support of this episode of One's Podcast.
1: They're actually hosted in fictional versions of these cities. So they take place in the 40s, and (laughs) people travel by magic bean.
0: And speaking of magic beans and growing things... The community gardens, or maybe what we should otherwise know now as Hyperion Depths.
1: Nope. You like that? Nope. The caves underneath
0: the Hyperion <laughs> nope. Heights. I like it. I'm probably going to use
1: it, but I don't know how much... It's not about what's under the gardens.
0: Okay, true. But what is under the gardens are these mines, very similar to season one, which maybe we'll never see again.
1: How did Belfry get the coffin out of there? Lucy was literally the first person down that hole. And she never found the coffin. And then suddenly that's where they took it from.
0: My guess is that while this is happening, remember, she's doing this excavation and rebuilding and condo development all over town. And my theory is the reason she's doing that is she's been looking for this coffin. Now, why? That's a different issue. But so while this is happening at the community gardens, somewhere. On the other side of town. Meanwhile, on the other side (laughs) of town, they've been doing their digging, building some other condo over there, and they find the coffin there, and they bring it to her.
1: Well, maybe. Or
0: maybe they find the coffin after Lucy and Henry come
1: up from the, uh, the Hyperion depths. But this is one neighborhood. She only has influence in Hyperion Heights. True.
2: I don't think they went every direction they could have, right? Wasn't there a fork in the road? Oh, that were they there could have forking
1: paths way? under the garden?
2: I think there were. <laughs> and clearly Lucy went the wrong way.
1: Well, then Lucy... I mean, that shard of shoe was not even all that convincing. So I think Lucy really missed the boat <laughs> on that one.
2: Lucy is reminding me so much of Henry in the sense of she doesn't really care what what's going to happen to her. She just jumped in there. She didn't know how deep that hole was. She could have fallen to her death.
1: I think she could see the bottom. <laughs> Once she jumped, you could see the bottom.
2: <laughs> and she has an answer for everything. The tunnel might cave in. No, nah, it's been around this long. Yeah. Which is a very good point.
1: Right, Lucy. It's been around without a big hole punched in the top by bulldozers that are now sitting on top of it. <laughs>
2: She, there are some flaws to her logic. Wouldn't that be
1: great? It just caved, and it wouldn't be great, but it wouldn't it be amazing if it just caved in, and Henry and Lucy are gone,
0: and then Snow's glass coffin—I mean Cinderella's glass slipper—would be lost forever.
1: Yeah. Well, at least they <laughs> they mentioned that this was basically the same thing happening again. Yeah. I had to go back and look. That was actually episode five of season one, not episode three. I thought maybe they were doing some parallel plot points, but they did not. <laughs>
0: I really feel like this piece of the glass slipper will come back in the future, because it's it's kind of like that proverbial handgun that the camera oh. focuses on, as they say in some story writing.
1: Oh, because of that oh-so-subtle foreshadowing with it? <laughs> well, like... <laughs> the hero keeps the glass slipper yeah. so that he can always find his true love, even if he thinks she's gone forever. Wink, wink. <laughs>
2: Yeah, and then he finds the true love that he thinks he remembers. (laughs) So,
1: uh, yeah.
2: Maybe Belfry planted the slipper there and it put a spell on Henry.
0: No. Well, I think (laughs) that broken piece of glass has some kind of spell on it that's prevented people from losing their fingers and blood coming out of pockets from this shard of glass being stored in a pocket
1: it's pretty high quality glass you know it gets those smooth breaks
0: true (laughs) because you have to be able to walk on it exactly but i think that the rest of that slipper is probably somewhere probably in some kind of vault maybe in the hyperion heights cemetery which it did seem like there was a vault somewhere in there
1: but (laughs) no no because the vault's been replaced by a belfry
2: (laughs) (laughs) and there's no more blood magic just fingerprint technology (laughs)
1: <laughs> yeah that's true <laughs> that's so funny that's true like forget those blood magic stuff i've got technology from the land without magic
0: but it is nice that they have this city code or a copy of it inside of ronnie's
1: see above remember when i said there were some things that were pretty incons or pretty inconvenient for victoria in mm-hmm. this curse <laughs> like so Ronnie has to know a lot. I'm like, how long have you been there? A month? Why did the curse build in personalities and backgrounds that are so intelligent? Shouldn't cursed people be kind of stupid and shallow? Wouldn't that be a better curse? (laughs) Why does Ronnie have all this knowledge and all these resources? It's kind of funny.
0: True. For a long time, I drove around with a printed copy of the Kentucky state driver's manual in my, uh, Glove compartment in my car because there's a particular portion of road that was between my house and where I drove to work <laughs> that there was no speed limit posted, and I would have to pass almost everyone on that road because they were going too slow, and there was no speed limit posted. Not, I wasn't like intentionally speeding, like thinking, oh no, speed limit posted, so it right. means I can go this. It's because according to Kentucky law, that uh, roads of certain types and such. Generally, if no speed limit is posted, you should assume there's a certain speed limit. And I had certain justifications for this, too. So the reason I carried that was in case I was ever pulled up over by (laughs) or pulled apart by a police officer. And then I could say, no, look here. Let me pull this not gun thing out of my glove compartment and show you that. Look, according to this, I have. Full justification to be driving this speed, especially since there's no posted speed limit sign. And based on this other criteria, I never was pulled over. But I, sometimes I think of showing that to some of the other people who are on that road. So all that I was to gonna say, say, we're
1: you just going to pass them and throw the book at them, literally, and <laughs> let it stick to their window.
0: Yeah, that would help. But all that to say, then that for Ronnie to have a copy of the city code tells me that she kind of is either trying to manipulate things according to the law or she has it for those moments when she knows she needs to use the law in order to do something.
1: I know, but Ronnie's not real. Yeah. Right, <laughs> Why does she point. have this knowledge?
2: <laughs> well, I think any bar owner would have that knowledge. Not so a
1: curse created bar owner. <laughs> well, she not- should just be like, <laughs> I've been a bar owner as long as anyone can remember, and I serve drinks, and not really sure how I got here. Well, it's
0: possible that another reason she has it is because, remember, she was going to sell the bar to Victoria. I know. But... So maybe she had to get a copy of the local code in order to keep up with knowing what's involved with the sale of a business like this. We
1: don't know how long they've been cursed. Right. Or how long they've been there. I would imagine not too long because it's not as if time is frozen. Mm -hmm. So they haven't really aged a lot.
0: What if, throwing into this, what if it has been only days since the curse was actually cast?
1: Right. That'd actually be kind of cool.
2: That's a little crazy, but
1: possible, I guess.
0: It could happen.
2: It could happen.
0: So there's that cemetery, though in Hyperion Heights. And it kind of makes me wonder, what's in Hyperion depths under that
1: cemetery?
2: So was Henry originally looking for that cemetery?
1: See, that this is what Daniel and I were having a separate conversation about this because I asked if this was the same location in which he was looking for the cemetery before, because I thought he was looking in Hyperion Heights. And I was like, Isn't that a little coincidental? You act like you've never been there before, but you were looking for your family buried in a cemetery there. It didn't seem like he'd left the neighborhood when he was looking for that cemetery.
2: But not Hook. Hook gave him a copy of all the cemeteries in Seattle, I think. Right. So maybe he's checking them one at a time and that just he was wandering by that one and that's why he checked it. Oh, yeah.
0: Yeah. Uh, So do you think he intentionally was visiting this one? To look or was it maybe he was just walking home and saw oh cemetery might as well stop in and see
2: yeah maybe one or the other
1: (laughs) i thought he was just walking by he didn't look like he was on any kind of specific mission
2: yeah but maybe his yeah he was walking by and then decided to check and then saw his he had maybe just gotten a little jolt of hope and now he's back to, he's going to be really bummed out in the next episode, I think.
0: It is a completely different location from uh, the episode Hyperion Heights when he went looking to leave some flowers on the graves. Uh, the, it's, it is completely different. So okay. if they're trying to say that it's a cemetery that popped up by magic overnight, then I don't think they did a good job. I, I think it's more reasonable to think because he never had reason to visit Hyperion Heights. He never said anything about Hyperion Heights. He just knew that it was this neighborhood. But I think now it was more like he's uh, he's on his way back home, sees a cemetery thinks oh, I'll check it out, and then discovers <gasps> they are buried here. Because he didn't know which gravestone to go to. He didn't go straight to any particular gravestones. He was just browsing and then... We realized it,
1: doesn't that make him wonder at all, like why don't you know where your wife and daughter are buried? Yeah, it's kind of weird, right? That <laughs> is
2: here's something something that it kind of annoyed me about the episode. Maybe just frantic children annoy me a little bit, so Lucy was getting on my nerves, just <laughs> I think it's because we've been through all of this with Henry, and now Henry's going through it with Lucy, and she's just trying so hard to convince him when she even has the knowledge of his book and of how long it took them to convince Emma. And I just think of August, like Emma was in such denial that when he rolled up his pant leg and showed a wooden leg, she saw a normal leg. Mm -hmm. And I just feel like Lucy doesn't quite get that Henry's actually cursed. Emma wasn't even cursed. Henry's actually cursed. And I don't think her being all crazy is gonna help him remember
1: yeah and he even by the way i did notice that he literally said that what she was saying was crazy and she sure didn't react like he did when he was her age
0: (laughs) well she's probably not even going to some psychologist either unless henry uh, brings in dr hopper at some point here you need to talk to my friend but he does have the heart of the truest believer And maybe she got a little bit of that, too. And maybe that's why she believes. Like, maybe she was never cursed, or if she was, she awoke from the curse rather quickly.
1: Well, there again, though, like we were saying before, she's not saying anything that's not in the book. She's not talking about memories of being in another realm, Mm -hmm. which maybe that's irrelevant, but it seems like... She might say something personal, like, I remember you being my father, and I have this memory, and I have that memory, and then we had to run from this whatever, and you gave me this book, and that's how it ended up here.
2: It makes me think of one of my favorite movies as a kid, A Little Princess, when the little girl's dad has had an accident, forgotten her. And when she sees him and she's he doesn't remember her, she starts listing, like Jeremy just said, all of these personal examples. Like, do you remember India? Do you remember this story? Do you remember this person? And she's frantic about it. Like, that's how I feel Lucy should be if she truly does have true memories other than just faith that that's the truth.
0: Right. The names of Henry's family, according to those gravestones, are Lauren and Abigail. Lauren being his wife abigail being his daughter the meanings of their names according to she knows.com is rather interesting if you connect these together the name of uh, lauren is latin and among things it means from the place of laurel leaves could we say from the enchanted forest <laughs> i mean i know it's a little bit of a stretch but it kind of is interesting there. And then uh, Abigail means the father's joy. Aww. So here is something from Forrest of some sort. and The father's joy. Interesting connection.
1: we've seen the first that, time we've seen Abigail as a name in Once Upon a Time.
0: Either. Right, right. Yeah. She married Frederick. <laughs> Almost had to marry David, though.
1: <laughs> right, well... Supposedly, was married to David.
0: What I'm really wondering, though, and where this episode leaves us with Henry, at least, is so Henry had this moment that looked like he recognized something about Jacinda. I got it right this time.
1: Good job.
0: <laughs> and and Lucy, when Jacinda and Lucy were hugging after they had the ice cream, and and Lucy gave Henry that piece of the glass slipper. <laughs> There was a moment that it looked like Henry maybe recognized something about them.
1: Eh. Or he was just like, oh, wouldn't that be nice if it were true? Yeah, that could be Or maybe he was starting to believe and then that's where the cemetery came in.
0: Yeah. (laughs) And so the cemetery is kind of his dose of reality. So what is going to change now for Henry? Because now he realizes, yes, my wife and daughter are actually buried in a cemetery. Now, when he sees Lucy, he's going to be a lot more somber, uh, maybe even disinterested in this whole thing. So something's going to have to change again for him or for the, the scenario, something, because he's going to change. I really think that he's changing from this realizing, no, okay, this was fun, but everything I think I remember is true. And therefore, I need to get back to reality.
1: It's so sad, though, because the, if you're not cursed, you understand that this is not normal. And you're like, oh, yeah, my memories aren't false. I was, all re- I was kind of forgetting where my family was, but I'm remembering now that I've just stumbled upon them. Mm-hmm.
2: He's probably also going to feel a little bit guilty if he is developing any kind of feeling for Jacinda once he realizes that his wife, who he loved, is... Is dead, fakely dead, but he doesn't know that.
0: Yeah, I could see that, certainly. And speaking of fakely dead, let's talk about Anastasia in a box. Oh my
1: gosh! <laughs> <laughs> okay, that was another unintentionally funny moment that was a favorite of mine. <laughs> in true villain form, Lady Tremaine goes, "Shall we have a look?" <laughs> and <laughs> Ella goes. No, (laughs) I don't want to see what's in there.
0: (laughs) She's been there for years, for as long as anyone can remember. Shirley, she stinketh. (laughs) No, she's not Shirley. She's Anastasia. Anastasia. Yep, there it is. (laughs) So what we know about Anastasia is she died at 14 years
1: old. Oh, man. I just had a realization about Anastasia. What's that? They're using superlatives. (laughs) yeah purest of hearts
0: yeah that's the other thing we know about her supposedly she has or had the purest of hearts
1: oh it's still in there one breath
0: and her death was somehow cinderella's fault and both lady tremaine and cinderella seem to know that
1: and lady tremaine doesn't want ella's heart as the thing that's gonna bring anastasia back so i guess it's not one of the purest of hearts (laughs) so burn on ella
2: not if she killed her sister
1: Oh, right. I forgot that even an accident can do that.
0: Well, here's the other thing about this. We don't know her face because they had it covered. And when they cover someone's face, they want it covered so that there will be some kind of dramatic reveal at some point.
2: Or because they haven't cast the actor yet.
0: (laughs) Well, okay. Let me remind you, season one, when they went to Wonderland and there was the Queen of Hearts there. There was an actress playing the Queen of Hearts, had her face covered. And we had said similar things that, oh, maybe they haven't cast her yet or something like that. We didn't know completely yet that that was Cora. But at some point through season one, we did start theorizing that Cora was the Queen of Hearts. And it wasn't until season two that we actually got that confirmation. But in season one, when they filmed that veiled character they did use barbara hershey's voice barbara is who plays cora they did use her voice Baba. so <laughs> they knew exactly who they wanted that character to be this isn't like who is jeremy stantham or whatever the na- the name was from lost
1: oh my gosh
0: jeremy bentham, bentham. Yeah. yeah this is someone important but when you think about the characters we've seen We've seen Drizella, and I do mean Drizella when I say Drizella. In this case, we've seen Cinderella, we've seen the crazy lady in it's the just tower. Ella now, yeah, we've seen we've seen Tiana. We haven't seen whoever this character is in, in in Storybook or in Enchanted, New Enchanted Forest, or at least we think we haven't seen her yet. But we haven't seen any other prominent female who had any lines whatsoever in New Enchanted Forest, other than the fairy godmother who is dead so it's well, all of the conversations
1: is, we have
2: is a child too right like she's 14
0: yeah unless yes unless but the skin color doesn't match unless it was that the anastasia is actually lucy but skin color doesn't match
1: that'd be very strange because you can't see also, that under
0: that veil is someone who is very white <laughs> just like Drizella is very white <laughs>
1: <laughs> i uh i get nothing i can't think of anybody that matches all the criteria we have who would actually be a shocker of some kind. well
0: thank not it. yet unless we did see her in this episode what if in this okay this is crazy territory for a theory
1: yeah i could there because there's nothing left but crazy
0: what if <laughs> that woman we see I in the it. tower i knew it is actually nope. Anastasia. Nope. Because we don't see them open the coffin in Hyperion Heights. So there could be anything in there. Jeremy Bentham, Bentham could be in there for all we know. And nope. <laughs> maybe this is some crazy convoluted thing that the curse backfired or something like that. Because both whoever that woman in the tower was and lady tremaine are interested in restoring anastasia and they were both happy that the coffin was found
1: the woman in the tower is only one of her magical friends quote unquote she's keeping her there uncursed much like uh regina kept one or two people relatively uncursed and she wants that's part of her game well i now i'm back in the camp of with this theory i'm back in the camp of the curse being victorious but just because it makes sense for it to be hers if the one person who can help her with anastasia has her memories Mm -hmm. and is locked away in a very convenient location um if it's been a while since she visited how is she eating and doing other things just a side note your questions are pointless. <laughs> Magic. <laughs> uh, yeah. So I'm I'm not sure it's crazy complicated. I can't think of anything that would really be shocking. But I mean, it was kind of interesting to reveal the woman in the tower, even though we've never seen her before.
0: Yeah. Well, and and that's the thing. It was a dramatic reveal of her face. Like, step into the light so I can see you. Uh, and that whole thing. And then... We saw her face, and I wasn't a believer.
1: Oh, my gosh. But
0: I, I did wonder, okay, they did this dramatic reveal, and someone we have no connection with yet. Why a dramatic reveal if there were, there's no connection yet?
1: We're back on a sort of classic once-upon-a-time um, forking path. <laughs> <laughs> nice. It is either... A very interesting thread tying several characters together that we've only seen a small piece of or very bad dialogue that is just confusing us. Because (laughs) I say that because there was I thought there was something in Ella's voice that sounded like she was actually close to Anastasia before she died. There was something about there was something sentimental when she realized who was in the coffin. Yeah. But and but then the woman in the tower as well seemed a bit the edge came off of her words when she was saying you found her. And then there was some other connection, apparently, between her getting Anastasia back to life and also being freed Mm -hmm. and also the elusive what that means. So
0: Anastasia I think from all of this, regardless of what theory is correct that we just shared, I think one thing we can probably assume is Anastasia is more than simply a daughter. There's something special, extra special about her. I mean, after all, yeah, she has the purest heart. Maybe she's a
1: seer. Whatever she is. That could be interesting. (laughs) I don't think so. That seer was not a nice person.
0: (laughs) So it could be that she is... She's important to the story in more ways than simply being what the villain wants to go after. I mean, look at, like, Neil and Rumpel. We thought for a while that Rumpel simply was after his son, but then we started to theorize back in season one that maybe Neil was actually Henry's father. And we and several of the fans ended up being right about that.
1: Except we didn't know anything about Neil at the time.
0: No, we knew... Well, not Neil by name, but we thought, what if Balefire is somehow Henry's father Hmm. because of the fireman and certain things? And it wasn't something we pursued all that much because that was season one and we didn't have all that reason to think uh, certain things like that. But still, uh, what if there's some kind of connection like that? So my point is that Neil wasn't simply Rumpelstiltskin's son that he was after. Neil was also Henry's father so more deeply connected because connections are the language of once upon a time how is anastasia more deeply connected to the storyline she's got to be somehow connected in other ways than simply being the daughter that lady tremaine wants to resurrect even though anastasia does mean resurrection or uh, one of its meanings
1: she's young emma from another realm
0: (laughs) no please no just
1: kidding She's young Snow from another realm.
2: (laughs) I am not finding myself wondering how Anastasia is important to this story as much as I'm wondering who that woman in the tower is. Because I literally messaged Hunter and Jacqueline after a second watch of this episode and said, do you guys know who she is? Like, don't tell me, but do you know? (laughs) Because I want to know. They
0: probably do. And maybe others who listen to the spoilers section do. And And if
1: you're not wondering who she is, you should be you really should be
2: i really liked a lot of the things that she said one of them i was going to ask you guys she said something about like once anastasia's resurrected then belfry's gonna have to deal with her
1: yeah that's why i'm trying to figure out if that was bad dialogue or there's just some weird connection
0: or at least she didn't say, and the final battle will begin! Oh my goodness.
2: <laughs> oh, But she reminded me like of Rumple in more than one way, though. Yeah. And I liked when she said, um, the way I see it, we're both shackled in our individual ways. And the question is, who's the actual prisoner to who? And that reminded me of Rumple because he wanted to be in that dungeon. Mm-hmm. He was exactly where he needed to be. Mm. So I wonder if she has the same foresight.
1: So maybe it's actually the garden of forking paths (laughs) nice (laughs)
0: so this lady of the tower who is she
1: another dark one (laughs) from (laughs) another
0: realm please no but we we got a couple theories uh and i'm sharing these together because they're connected in a major way slurpees has a great theory victoria belfry's surname seems to be a clear indicator that she is connected with a bell tower also, her hair is short brown but with yellow tips, and she said she doesn't wield magic. Yet, she is obsessed with magic and its ability to bring back the dead. All of those things just scream Rapunzel entangled, who had magical lawn blonde hair that could restore life and beauty until it was cut short and turned brown. Mm. Victoria Belfry was probably once a young woman who loved someone like Flynn. Not Dan Flynn, our former (laughs) co-host. Or maybe she did love him. Who knows? And managed to save his life with her last magical tear after her hair had been cut short. Spoiler, by the way. Turning brown and losing her magic in the process. Now, she is a grieving, embittered mother who wishes she could wield life-saving magic like she perhaps once did.
1: And be a blonde again.
0: (laughs) She wants to use magic, however dark, to restore the life of Anastasia, whose name means resurrection so victoria is rapunzel
1: it's an interesting theory but here's the thing about the hair color what her hair and everyone's hair every woman's hair screamed in this episode was that somebody in the abc hair department has a new trick and was literally practicing it on everybody i was (laughs) like i was looking at them in one scene not including victoria per se but regina and jacinda and i mean well in those scenes it was more in the ella phase and tiana i was like they all have dark brown hair with light brown highlights like very very and like similar their hair was all very similar it was kind of hilarious
0: another idea is maybe that the tower lady is rapunzel melanie said lady locked in a tower reminds me of rapunzel Although she seemed a little too old to be Rapunzel. She seemed to know what was going on, which is likely why she is locked up. Why lock her up instead of giving her fake memories? Because she's key to resurrecting Anastasia. I think that's why you lock her up so that she can't get away so she can be around to save Anastasia. And why not give her fake memories? Because she needs her real memories. Yeah. In order to awaken Anastasia. Of course she does. Also, uh, another common theory is that maybe she's Mother Gothel from Tangled, which is the mother of Rapunzel, because there there seems to be some kind of tower association here. So if Victoria is Rapunzel, then that lady in the tower could be Victoria's mother or forced adopted mother sort of thing.
1: That's too many layers of evil stepmother. Like they need to stop <laughs> if that's a thing. Just stop. <laughs> <laughs> they, i mean at the end like there's going to be a how it should have ended if that's the case once upon a time is definitely getting a how it should have ended and it's going to be like a evil stepmother anonymous meeting and it's going to be led by regina and she's helping <laughs> all these evil stepmothers reform and become good stepmothers
0: whatever the case which whoever's stepmother she is <laughs> I think we heard about a witch somewhere in the last couple episodes. I can't remember at this moment what the actual context of that was. But I'm thinking she is probably that witch because she just has that witch look about her with her crazy hair and the fact that she is somehow some kind of um, opposition to Victoria, some kind of enemy, some kind of frenemy, maybe. And very much reminds me of the relationship between uh, Regina and Maleficent. You know, why would I kill you? You're my closest friend. (laughs) That seems to kind of be the thing here. Although Victoria seems to fear whoever this woman is.
2: I was trying to think of who she was or who she might be. And I was trying to think of like sorceresses from fairy tales that we haven't met yet and I didn't really come up with anything other than the Rapunzel lady. Uh Lady Gothel. Uh, Gothel. Mother Gothel. Yeah. Mother Gothel. And then I, I just thought of name. the one from Brave, who kind of just like uses magic to teach people lessons. And I don't think either one of them are really work for this character. Well,
1: yeah, and they've already done that too, so please know. Yeah, well, they already did Cinderella. I they know. already did Yeah. They already did
0: a bunch of stuff they're doing again. But if it was the witch from Brave, I would have expected at least one hidden bear somewhere in that tower. Or carved somewhere.
1: Am I just too hopeful to think that she's nobody but a new interesting character? I mean, I probably am, right? Like, she's got to be somebody that we've probably heard of in some capacity. Yeah.
2: I thought at first she reminded me of the Jabberwocky. And I don't know if that's just because I really liked the Jabberwocky in once Wonderland and would like to see her again. But even if that's the case, then they've recasted her, but just some of the dialect and the way she's kind of poking, poking fun, poking around the issue with Belfry.
1: She reminds me of what's her face. Yeah, Yeah. that's right. You heard me. No, the original dark one.
0: Oh, Oh, Mm -hmm. it's the eyes. (laughs) Well, what I'm thinking with the Jabberwocky comment, (laughs) You don't I don't remember remember. <laughs> <laughs> that was once upon a time. We're, we're talking about the spin-off. the not
1: Merlin one. Yes.
0: <laughs> the yeah, yeah. Chat room will let us know in a moment. But here's what I suggest you do: imagine that lady in the tower. Nimoy. Yes. Thank you.
1: Before the chat You're room, right. for the record.
0: <laughs> imagine that woman in the tower, and imagine her saying this, and see if it fits.
1: Little pig. Little pig. Let me come in. <laughs> no, no one will ever match that person. <laughs> that was quite the character.
0: Yeah. So she could be the one who cast the curse.
1: Or it it kind of seems like... Well, she, then she's lousy at it because <laughs> she locked in a tower. Well, yeah.
2: Maybe she's exactly where she wanted to be.
0: She's kind of the bell in the basement but this time the bell in the tower Re- remember the bell in the uh, belfry yes the bell
1: in belfry's belfry
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs>
0: yeah she is there's so many elements of season one being reused you and know the, the 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 oh i'm going to go to my secret place to uncover the fact that i'm keeping someone locked inside who's kind of insane and has crazy looking hair
1: well that's A- what and you i have just when you're locked and i just
0: quoted what the spinoff or did i quote season one See, they both are the same. You didn't
1: quote anything. Well, true. I referenced. <laughs> there were men and women and children
2: walking around saying lines. Which season did I just
0: reference? <laughs> season three.
2: But we have had the Alice reference, mm-hmm. even though we haven't seen Alice in the last two episodes. Right. Yeah. So we do know that they've recasted that role.
0: Maybe she's Alice's mother. Maybe. I mean, I'm mean, i just shooting at straws now.
1: You're shooting at them?
2: She kind of looks like the girl from The Lord of the Rings. I don't know which character, because I've never watched The Lord of the Rings, but the one with the elf ears.
1: <laughs> oh, my goodness. You
0: need to have an epic movie night.
2: But don't you think she looks like her?
0: I don't know who you mean, so
1: I'm not sure.
2: <laughs> the, the one with the really dark, or sorry, the really white, long hair okay, and thought... the really blue eyes and the elf ears.
1: Well... No, (laughs) I don't.
2: (laughs) She's
0: someone important. That's the the summary of everything we've just theorized about. And speaking of someone important... Our heroes are someone important. We don't keep our heroes (laughs) locked in a tower and give them crazy looking hair and color a little portion of their hair. We don't ask them to raise the dead, but our heroes are still very powerful people and we could not do our podcast without them. And for this episode, I want to thank Lisa Slack and our 23 heroes on Patreon. Big thanks. We could not do this podcast. Seriously, we couldn't do it without you. You help keep the podcast running Thank you very much for the, your support. If you want to be a hero to the podcast as well, then please go to oncepodcast.com slash hero. And then you can decide who is the hero to whom over at com slash hero. And thank you for your support. Here's another crazy theory. This is from Lisa saying, so here's a theory that I've been thinking about that could help us understand some of the alternate enchanted forest timeline issues. What if Lucy is not Henry's biological daughter? What if Cinderella had already had Lucy at this point and she just calls Henry her father once he and Cinderella get together? This would definitely help the timeline issue and it wouldn't have Regina and Wish Realm hook in the alternate enchanted forest for the next 10 to 12 years, which just seems unlikely considering how easy it seems to be to get portals in and out of there.
1: Oh my goodness. Is it ever easy?
0: This is an interesting twist on things that we think Lucy knows the truth and we think we know the truth watching the show. But what if it is some kind of twist like this, that all along Lucy is not who
1: we think she is. I I feel like that's too complicated.
2: Well, and Jabberwocky 2.0 specifically referred to <laughs> Lucy as Henry's daughter.
0: True. Yeah. Which then does confirm that. Oh, she's the big bad.
1: So one person we haven't talked much about is Regina. And not Ronnie Regina. Regina Regina. Okay. So I, I thought she was very interesting. She always, So even now in the <laughs> so-called spin-off, she's managing to have some of the most interesting moments because of her skill and because of her character's depth. <laughs> in the other realm, it's sort of a weird not weird but it's it's interesting it's the first time we've seen her in basically the enchanted forest but not either in her regina mills get up or evil queen clothes for one reason or another she's in sort of culture appropriate attire but it's her it's not evil queen yeah so we've never really seen that before and her Position as sort of just the wise matronly figure is really fun to watch. Helping Ella see kind of gently, but also with some authority, I guess, that you don't want to do this. You don't want to take the heart. She just goes ahead and unenchants the hand. <laughs> She's basically being the wise bartender of the new enchanted forest. <laughs> <laughs> wise bartender. Yeah, she, it's. It's just fun to see what almost looks like flashbacks, but it's the fully character-developed Regina that we left last season. Mm-hmm.
2: I really enjoyed that as well. I really loved their bonding moments and how she she was there. And like you said, it was in like kind of a gentle way. And I think that if she had come in with tough love or come in telling her what to do or making her decision for her, it wouldn't have had the same effect on Ella.
1: <laughs> like the old angry style she used to approach things with even as she reformed <laughs> Where she'd be like what do you think you're doing <laughs> that's my son
0: and in hyperion heights as cursed ronnie her part that she's playing in this series is really fun even just to see lana paria get to act a different character right on the show that we've been watching her act in for years now mm-hmm And then she gets the nice little fun lines like, look at that, I'm a regular queen.
1: (laughs) Right. But but they did, they went straight to sort of a parallel scene with Ronnie and Jacinda, Mm -hmm. which the relationship's different, but she was still helping her and giving her advice. and It's cool. It's well done.
0: Like the mother might give good advice to the girl her son is interested in. Right. She can tell.
1: That Henry's her son?
0: No, that... (laughs) (laughs) We can tell that it's time to end this conversation about this episode. So if you want to continue the conversation, then go over to oncepodcast.com slash forums where you can post all kinds of theories over there. And we've gotten some great theories from some of them like Slurpee's theory and some other great ones. And the forums are picking up again, like with some more good theories coming out. And with some of this, we haven't seen these kinds of conversations since season one, which is really neat. Mm Mm-hmm. I personally am still having some trouble connecting with the show since it's so different. And now we know that even fewer of the characters are the ones we know and love. But... So much less frustrating. (laughs) (laughs) But it does open all kinds of new opportunities for us to uh, gaze upon someone whom we thought was dead and rotting, but is actually preserved with one last breath in them. And when I talk about one last breath in them, I think I'm talking about this TV show. Goodness. (laughs) And this is its last hurrah, its last breath.
1: Wow.
0: But then again, the writers have said they have enough story to go on for another seven years. Really? So we'll see what happens. But regardless of where the show goes, we hope you'll join us for it. Send us your feedback on upcoming episodes. Go to onespodcast.com slash feedback. Now, a little note about that. I didn't know that for the past, since Once Upon a Time in Wonderland and other places... The feedback form on that page has not actually been delivering to us. So if you thought that we never read your theories because we didn't like them, I mean, that could be the case sometimes. But (laughs) if you thought for some reason, choosing to always omit your theories and not even mention you, well, it turns out that we weren't seeing those theories. There were a bunch of emails in an inbox that weren't actually being delivered to us. So... That problem wow. is fixed now. So <laughs> yeah, if you go to onespodcast.com, it's been four
1: years, come on, let's yeah. get your uh, your feedback.
0: Onespodcast.com slash feedback. Our email address is on there, the phone number, the option to send a voice message, which, by the way, now works on Safari and it works from an iOS device and Android devices without having to install an app. So you can now send us a voice message from our website straight from the browser on your iOS or Android device. Ooh. And that's all over at oncepodcast.com slash feedback, the same page as onespodcast.com slash connect, which I said earlier in this episode. So we'd love to hear from you, your thoughts and theories on the next episode of Once Upon a Time after it airs. You can still join our chat room to watch the show live and chat with other Onceers watching it live and join us for the live podcast on Monday nights at 7 p.m. Eastern at oncepodcast.com slash live please connect with us on twitter at once podcast and i'm daniel j lewis on twitter at the daniel j lewis
1: i'm jeremy laughlin on twitter at fleegon that's p-h-l-e-g-o-n
2: i'm aaron on twitter at aaron j cruz
0: this podcast would not be possible without our great team so thanks to jack for writing our show notes john buchanis for editing our episodes hunter hathaway and Jacqueline for providing our spoilers you'll hear from them in the next episode of our podcast And thanks to Jacqueline and Matthew Paul for moderating the forums. Keb for masterminding our timeline. And thanks to my co-hosts, Jeremy, Aaron, Hunter, and Jacqueline for hosting this podcast with me. And until next time, remember, I'm not a hero. I'm just your mother. And thanks for listening. Once Podcast is a proud member of Noodle Mix Network. Find more of our award-winning and award-nominated podcasts to make you think, laugh, and succeed at noodle.mx. Big thanks to our heroes for supporting this episode of the podcast. If you would like to be a wonderful hero too, then please go to onespodcast.com slash hero. And we promise to visit you in the tower. That's oncepodcast.com/ slash hero. And thank you for your support.